Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, you're in the right place. This is Business of Design, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. We thought we'd try something a little bit different this week. I'm going to share a portion of a webinar we held and recorded on step 11, which is the client reveal. If you're like I used to be and your projects rarely make it to anything that looks like a reveal stage, believe me, I get it. Trying to wing it rather than having button-down systems is always a mistake, but that didn't stop me, doggone it, from trying it over and over and over again, really applying my might, doing my very best. If you've ever heard me speak live, then you've definitely heard me talk about getting Canadian fired. And the 15 steps steps were created literally to stop getting Canadian fired. That was my one and only goal. So Canadian fired, if you're not familiar with it, looks like this. Uh, you show the client some floor plans and they love it. And a couple weeks later, you show them maybe an elevation and some drapery fabric and they love it. And a few weeks after that, you're showing them some sofas and some tables and an area carpet. And they say, wait a minute, does the area carpet go with the sofa that you showed me a couple weeks ago? Oh yes, I assure them. And then a few weeks go by and they say, what about the end tables? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that for you next time. I'm going to do that for you next time. And weeks go by, months go by, and still there is no end in sight to the meetings and the questions and the approvals. And the process just begins to drag and drag and drag. And months and months and months go by. And finally, they've got a sofa and a couple of chairs and some draperies. And this is the point at which the clients would inevitably say to me something like this, Kimberly, we love everything you've done. We really do. You're, you're wonderfully talented. We love our home. And Joe and I have decided we're just going to finish the rest of it ourselves. Uh, and I say, well, wait a minute. Uh, I've just got to do some pillows and a couple of throws and some artwork. And then it's no, 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 no. Don't you worry about a thing. We're just going to pop over to TJ Maxx or Winners or HomeSense or whatever the equivalent is, and we're just going to finish it ourselves. And I would leave those meetings feeling kind of confused, like, but wait a minute, I'm not done. But they were so kind at those meetings. They were so so gentle with me and so lovely. And I would say, well, what about phase two? You know, we were going to do the cottage or we were going to do the bedrooms upstairs. Oh, definitely. We will definitely call you back, they would say. So I'd leave the meeting feeling disappointed but optimistic because after all, they said I was wonderful. They said I was fantastic to work with. And they said that they would call me back. And what I discovered is they never, ever call you back. And you never, ever get a referral or a lead from that customer because every person who comes into their home sees either a home that's unfinished or 
even worse, a home that has been finished with the husband and wife taking a trip to TJ Maxx and ruining everything that you got started. So that scenario happened to me over and over again. It took me years to figure out that that's how they fire people in Canada. That's the way they do it. Um, I was not used to that at all. I was used to a much more direct approach when I was living in Los Angeles. And uh, it took me years, as I say, to figure it out. So the 15 steps were created to stop get to help me stop getting Canadian fired. And they work. They 100% work. I have not been Canadian fired in a decade. Uh, in the entire decade that I have been using the 15 steps, and we have been very, very busy with clients, and I'm very grateful. But I'm going to tell you in this webinar as you listen in that you you don't get to start at step 11, you know. You don't get to start running a marathon by running the marathon. You have to put the time in and do the work that comes before. The first 10 steps are critically important. In this podcast, you're going to hear the webinar where we talked about step 11. And then at the end of the webinar, you're going to hear some questions from members. Uh, and that reminds me to tell you, if you're not yet a member of Business of Design, I hope you'll consider it. I really do. This is my passion project. It's not my core income stream. I make a living the same way you do with customers, but we do want to continue providing amazing program and programming and content to all of you and membership allows us to do that. For $67.50 a month, even less if you purchase an annual membership, you will have not only access to hundreds of learning mod modules through videos, hundreds literally of systems. You'll also have access to me as your coach and you'll have access to the wisdom of the business design the business of design community, which is which is an amazing thing with members now in 45 different countries. So we would love to have you be a member. Every month we do group coaching. You can ask me anything. And at the end of any course you watch at Business of Design, you can also ask me anything. So for a very small sum, you're actually getting a mentor and a friend to help you from day to day run your business. And uh, we love that you're here. Um, I have a bit of a hold, which is why we decided to try this webinar. I'm going to try to save my voice because tomorrow I am off to Las Vegas Furniture Mart, uh, Furniture Market. I am doing some advanced work for a high point trip that we have coming up, and I'm excited about that. And it's a trip that's Cheryl approved. You know, she's the boss. If you've been listening to the podcast, she really keeps things running. I'll be connecting with some of the vendors we'll be meeting at High Point Market. Uh, so the trip to Vegas is all work and no play, I promise. Uh, planning for trips like High Point and our retreat in October in Palm Springs is only part of the work I have to do these days. Of course, I have design clients and they keep me pretty busy. And Cheryl's given me a lot of other homework, by the way, not just fun events homework, but some new courses I need to write and uh, et cetera. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. We're glad you're here. If you're jumping at step 11, uh, you're jumping it at a part in the 15-step process that really takes care of itself if you've done those other first 10 steps. And that's going to sound like a cop-out. I don't want to teach you anything today, but that isn't the truth. You all know that when you're going to paint a room, it's 80% preparation 
decoration and then 20% actually putting the paint on the walls. And the same thing is true with running your business, that there's this heavy preparation that happens in steps three, four, and five, and then um, all the ordering and stuff happens in six and seven and the construction, the renovation. By the time you get to 10 and 11, it's kind of like you're just going to bring it home, and particularly 11, which has less hard work for sure than step 10 does. So step 11 is finally the moment, finally, you've been working so hard and you're going to be able to share with your clients that you're finally done. And uh, every step 11 experience is different. Uh, I we we have uh, we've done so many now, and some people jump up and down and scream and yell and shout. And they're so excited, and some people are super shy, and you kind of think maybe they don't like it, but they're just super shy. And then after you leave, they tell you it was like the most amazing experience ever. Um, so there, anything can happen at step 11, but there is a little bit of preparation you want to think about in terms of being ready for it. So planning step 11, and then actually the big moment where the reveal happens, and then what do you do following step 11 is what we're going to cover today. And again, if you have any questions at all about step 11 for sure, but about any of the steps or any process of your business, I think today we're going to have time to do that for once. Usually uh, these are so chalk, chock-a-block full of stuff. So in terms of planning for step 11, you know, most of your uh, bandwidth in terms of your brain power is focused on that step 10 installation. Getting the furniture delivered, we talked about that last time, hiring professional movers, hiring professional cleaning staff, uh, making sure that everything comes off the moving truck in an order that makes sense for you, and having enough time when you're on site at the job to give yourself uh, the opportunity to tweak things and stuff things and make it just right. So when the clients finally walk through the door at step 11, uh, you can be relaxed, you can be, you know, at ease, and you can feel confident that what you're going to be showing them is amazing. Um, So in terms of uh, some of the tasks that you want to think about as you're planning uh, that big reveal, you want to for sure have the clients tucked safely away. I have made the mistake once or twice of allowing a client to be around for step 10, and it's never, ever, ever a good idea. So first of all, there's usually kind of chaos happening on the job site. The movers are going in and out. The drapery installer might be going in and out. We might have an electrician going in and out. We've got staff. We're carrying boxes. We're opening things. There's styrofoam balls flying in the air. And you're thinking, oh my God, how are we going to have time to get this cleaned up? And the cleaning people are... Anyway, you don't want the clients really to see all that backstory, typically. Um, and the other thing is the clients should be used to you being the professional interior design provider who charges a pretty hefty hourly rate. And it doesn't uh, jive very very nicely uh, to see that designer who's charging a pretty hefty hourly rate suddenly cleaning up uh, styrofoam popcorn balls all over the floor on her hands and knees. So I don't want my clients to see me do that. I do that, and my staff knows that I'll, I'll be down with them working hard to make sure that the reveal goes off great, but I won't 
allow my clients to see me doing that. So it's important to get the clients out of the way and off-site. And a couple of things you're going to think about, if it's a one-bedroom uh, makeover, you might be able to just have the clients leave for the day. You know, if they're out of the house by 8.30 in the morning and you allow them to come back at 5.30 at night. Do be careful not to shortchange yourself in terms of how much time you're going to allow yourself. It, and it's very dangerous when you have a small job uh, because we think, oh, it's just one room, so it's going to go really quickly. But don't forget when you're in a small space, only one person can really be working at a time. So you might have the electrician uh, standing on a ladder over the bed to install the light fixture, and you've got the bedding person there to install the new custom bedding and steam it and everything, and they can't actually do their work until the electrician moves. So there is a bit of a domino effect in terms of everybody squeezing into one room. So always, always give yourself at least the entire day. Uh, never try to... Kimberly, I do have a question. Yeah, go for it. Uh, how do you keep control freaks away? So clients who really want to be there for that final process and see it happen. Okay, look at my face. I know. I let somebody do it once, and it was a disaster. She was like, oh, my God, this so-and-so is here. Does the electrician want to know what he's supposed to be doing? Like, she just made so much stress. I thought, I'm never, ever, ever going to do it again. So first of all, um, you have it written in your contract that you have this 15-step process. And one of the 15 steps is the furniture installation. And during the discussion about what that looks like and how exciting it is, you tell your clients at the consultation that they're not going to be there for that, that you have to manage that uh, that whole environment and everything that's going to happen, all those tasks rigidly and give it your full attention. And the other, the other line, you guys have probably heard me say this before, but my kind of my go-to line when a client is questioning what I think is the right way to do something is experience has shown me this is the best way to do it. Experience has shown me that it's much better when clients aren't on site for step 10. The reveal is much more fun. They enjoy it. So even though you think you want to be there, we don't allow it. For me now, this would be a deal breaker. I won't do it anymore. I just, it's too much stress. There's no reveal. What's to reveal? The client's seen everything. It's like, if, like if you're suddenly find yourself dating again and you, anyway, no, you guys don't need me to go there with my analogy. I'm too tired. Uh, uh, there's some things that should be a mystery is where I was going with that. You wouldn't just strip down naked in your worst underwear, right? You'd have like cute lingerie or whatever. So you don't want your clients to be be on site to see all the kind of chaos that's going to happen. So I think the, the best thing I can tell you is you just say no. And I always want to acknowledge that I understand that's really easy for me to say because I've been doing this 25 years and I've had these 15 steps now for almost a decade. Um, so I have a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, positive reinforcement buildup. If you're new, if you're, every job is so precious because you're scared it's going to be your last it's much harder for you to stick to your guns. I get that. But just try out that line a few times. Experience has shown me uh, that this is a process that works much better for the clients and for the design team. We don't have time to manage the client as well as the staff, so hopefully, as well as the trades. So hopefully that answers that. Get, they have to be out of, out of sight. Get them away. Get them, get them away from the job site for sure. 
Always leave yourself sufficient time. That's the next big thing. And then if it's a bigger job, I talked about the scenario where maybe it's one bedroom or it's one bathroom. Uh, give yourself a whole day. But if it's a whole house, if it's you know a whole basement and a main floor or a main floor and a second floor, really two days are much, much better uh, in terms of being able to do it and breathe. We've done it in one day. It's crazy and it's not fun. Where if you have two days, the difference is you can uh, try something on site. Let's say you borrowed a, a, a set of objects that are going to go on a bookshelf and you put them on the bookshelf and you were all excited about it and you looked at it and you went, wah, wah. just that's just nothing. There just doesn't look like anything. I don't like it. If you give yourself two days for that reveal, you jump in the car and you go to the first store you have near you and you solve the problem so that when the client walks in, it's like, ta-da, and ready for a photograph. Um, if you are charging what you need to be charging, and I know I harp on that so much, but if you haven't given yourself an, a raise in a while, please consider giving yourself a raise. If you're charging what you need to be charging on a regular basis, you can afford to put your clients up in a nice hotel for one night, which buys you two days. You know, if, if there's a Four Seasons in your neighborhood and you tell them, how would you and your husband like to stay at the Four Seasons overnight? And, that, and then we've got the place from 8.30 a.m on Monday until 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, um, you know, you can look like a shooter. It can be a lovely night out for the clients. It can build the anticipation and the excitement for the big reveal, et cetera. But it's really important to get them out, get them out, get them out. Um, then the next thing that we like to think about is, um, because we also host events, we do conferences and stuff like that, so we have a, a little bit of a skill set built up in terms of planning uh, big events. And I, I planned my daughter's wedding, so that's another big event I did. These reveals are exactly like that. I mean, you have to have all of your systems in place and your structures in place so things aren't forgotten. So we have a timetable for the actual step 10. The movers arrive at 8.30. Uh, the carpet guy's going to arrive at 12.30. Uh, lunch is coming at 1 o'clock. It's all written down, kind of like a show flow, if you will. And then um, there's always an eye on the timing of the clients walking through the door to enjoy the big reveal. And again, I can't emphasize this enough. Hire cleaners. Make sure you hire cleaners two or three hours before the clients come home. They can remove labels on things that are already purchased. They can get the dust off things. How many times have you delivered something to the client's house uh, that's got glass and it's completely covered in dust and fingerprints all over it? That's just not a nice thing for clients to come home to. You don't, I don't want, and I don't think you want either after you leave the big reveal to have your clients go, oh God, we have to clean all this stuff. Like, no, no, no. The house should look better than it's ever looked. And if you have a client who's a little bit messy or things were kind of not pristine, when you got there, we let the cleaners like even clean that up. So they come home to like a clean refrigerator, like whatever it takes to make sure that that's an amazing event is really important. Um, number three, never let them see you sweat. I kind of touched on that already. It's it doesn't serve you to allow clients to see you panicking or uh, on your hands and knees picking up those styrofoam popcorn balls. So the fact of the matter is, sometimes on a job site things go wrong. Somebody steps on uh, a beautiful vase. It shouldn't have been on the floor, but it was. 
was and now it's broken and oh my god I'm going to go out of my mind you don't want the clients to be around for that so really important get them out of there at the reveal, once once they finally show up at an appointed time, it's like 5.30, let's say, and the clients are expected to be home, we always try to like 15, 20 minutes before that happens, just take a minute, like go to the bathroom, fix your hair, put on your lipstick, thank everybody who's on site with you. Usually when I do a reveal, um, I like to have the, any design team that's with me. So sometimes it's just me and one other person. And sometimes there's a couple of us, which I think is a lot more fun. Um, but you do kind of want to consider your client's personality. If you know you've got a client who's super shy, you might even want to talk to them ahead of time and say, how would you feel if Kathy and I were on site, or Kathy Victoria and I were on site for the big reveal. Would you be okay with that, or would you prefer if it was just you and I? So you can kind of check that out. To be honest, I feel so... I think uncomfortable is the word before the big reveal. I do what a lot of us creative people will do, imposter syndrome, right? I start going, oh, my God, uh, what if they don't like it? They're going to hate it. Like, all that crazy stuff goes in my head. And I get really nervous right before the, the moment when they walk through the door. And then I feel sort of shy um, is the only word I can use to describe it. Shy to walk them through the house and say, oh, look at what we did here and remember remember this fabric, I, I really have to, um, I have to coach myself through that, believe it or not. People don't believe that I'm shy, but I actually am, my idea of hell is going to a big networking event and having to talk to people. I'm like, oh God, kill me. It's horrible. Uh, and my second layer of hell would be uh, the, the client reveal where I'm on the spot feeling like uh, I'm being judged, I guess is what's going on here. I've never had one go bad, and yet um, my default is still that crazy voice in my head. So it helps me to have team members around. And uh, hopefully, if you don't have staff that you can rely on on a regular basis, you're going to at least find a couple of designer buddies who will help you for the big moments in uh, projects like trade day and then again at the reveal. That's really, really important. And you can exchange those services. The other thing that happens at the reveals, we typically like to give the clients a gift. And if you've read already uh, Business of Design, the books, you already know that our gift is usually two bottles of champagne. And we stumbled on that because we found that we were buying a, a nice gift for the clients, like a throw for their house. Uh, but at the reveal, there were so many things that, that that just arrived that they hadn't seen that that gift was sort of being lost in all of that. So then we tried giving them a single bottle of champagne, which was nice. And, and tip most clients will say, oh, let's open it. Let's have a toast. And then so then we found that the gift that we just gave them, we drank. So that felt kind of weird. So finally now, our rule of thumb is we show up with two bottles of champagne. Uh, one is chilling on ice and one is in the refrigerator. And at the end, when they're happy, we kind of pop the cork and we pour some champagne and we have a quick drink and then we get out of there, the exit. Um, and the reason I like to get out of there is I just imagine how I would feel, which by the way, has anybody ever had this process happen 
for you? I never have. I can't imagine how fun it would be. But I also think I would be super shy to have somebody staring at me and wondering if I like it. Do you like it? Is it good? Do you like it? Are you happy? You seem happy. Are you really happy? That would make me so uncomfortable. And even though I don't say that during the reveal, I suspect they am aware that that's what's running through my mind, right? So we try to get out there, get out of the house pretty quickly after we do a proper walkthrough of the house. Um, by the way, walkthrough room by room. I'll point out something. Remember the sofa? You were afraid to do turquoise. Look how beautiful it looks. Uh, the draperies uh, finally arrived. Can you believe it? That fabric that held up the pro- whole project, there it is. And I will also, during the walkthrough, and I think I mentioned this last time, point out any deficiencies that need to be addressed. And the reason I do that is because when we leave, I don't want the clients to walk around the room and say, oh, look, uh, the glass is broken. There's a little chip in the glass over here. So I want to be able to say to them, um, the mirror's installed. It looks beautiful. Unfortunately, there's a little chip in the corner of the glass. So we've written it down. Here's my deficiencies list. We've written it down, and we'll talk to you about how we're going to take care of that uh, the day after tomorrow. Is that okay? And the client will say, yeah, okay. Oh, don't even worry about it. We're not worried about it. Great. But we still will bring it up and talk to them about it. So we make a pretty fast exit. So the clients will have an opportunity to walk through the house on their own and and speak freely. You know, we want them to be able to speak freely to one another. Um, Typically what they tell me, they'll say like, oh my God, this was so expensive, but it's so worth it. Like, I'm so glad we did this, right? Cheryl, are you trying to, are you trying to jump in here or is someone yelling outside? Um, No, the only questions I was going to circle back to at the end, um, quite a few uh, attendees seem to be having the same issue with um, getting clients to leave the space. And and, um, Arlene was saying that a lot of her jobs are renovations where the homeowners have been living in the space, watching the process throughout. So when it comes to the end, even bribing them, it's really hard to get them to leave. Have you ever had to deal with that or do you have any suggestions? Um, especially for those clients who have been part of the whole renovation process, not necessarily involved, but living through it to, to, you know, get them out at the very end. You're so right. There is a distinction, isn't there, between a renovation process and just a straight decorating project? Because with a straight decorating project, the clients have seen the rooms get painted. Uh, They may have seen the floors get refinished and a new coat of varnish, but none of the beautiful furniture is there and none of the draperies are installed. We often have the drapery installer install the hardware so that the installation goes very quickly at step 10. Uh, but they're not seeing all that stuff. When you're doing a renovation, it's particularly kitchens and bathrooms, right? They're on site every day sometimes. They've met the trades. They see the cabinets go in. Then they see the countertop go in. There's so f- um, there are fewer surprises at that point from them. Still, we insist they get out. And I, I don't know what to say except for you insist. It's not happening without that. That's in your contract. We've already agreed to that. Uh, experience has shown me that this is the best way for step 11 to happen successfully. Um, So respectfully, uh, even though you've been here the whole time and we love you, we want you to be able to walk through that door and see your house completed uh, and feel 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 great about it. So I think it's like so many things I'm figuring out, you know, sometimes the answer is just no, or just this is how we're going to do it. And I mean, would I, 
If a client said, absolutely, uh, it's a deal breaker, I suppose I would be forced to allow them to be part of it. Uh, but I probably would know that from having discussed it at the consultation already. So you can also remind them that at the consultation and in my contract, you've already agreed to this. This is this is a fait accompli. Uh, we're not going backwards. This is how it's going to be. So um, I think even with a re renovation, and sometimes particularly with a renovation, there's a lot of cleaning that needs to happen, you know, like... Um, there's stickers on things that have been installed. You know, if, you, if you're if you on the floor in the bathroom, you can see that there's some writing on the marble underneath the counter. Anyway, all that kind of stuff we try to take care of so the client can walk in the house and just go, oh my God, this is amazing. So um, I still think no matter what, you still want to be able to do that reveal. There is one other element that is critical, I think, for some, for some um, to consider, and that has to do with photography. Photography, um, because if you give yourself enough time, if you give yourself two or even three days, you can photograph the house before the clients move in. And I think this is a really good decision to make if you think there's any doubt the client will purchase the styling items. So if you're 100% sure the client has been amazing and they're going to do some, like right now I'm thinking of a couple clients we have. One pays every bill on time, doesn't question it, it's how it is. Is it expensive? Yes, it's expensive. There's no question. But her, she's very professional about it and she pays the bills and that's that. I have zero doubt in my mind she will buy everything that we show her for styling or 90% of it. No doubt at all. Another client we're working with kind of looks at every log sheet, sort of questions every task, um, is concerned, legitimately concerned about her budget, which means I'm legitimately concerned about her budget. I wouldn't be surprised if she is very selective when it comes time to purchase the styling items. So in that case, it would make a lot more sense for us to style it the way we want it, take our photographs, and then do the reveal. And that way, if she decides she's going to return 20% or 30% of the items or 50% of the items, doesn't matter, right? Uh, we've already got our photographs. So that's another reason uh, to make sure the clients are out of sight. And it's absolutely you want to discuss that with the clients and make sure that they are okay that you're going to do that photography. And again, it should be in your contract up front so that it's not a surprise. Remember, we talked about it. This is how we do it. We found this way the clients are already out of the house and uh, we don't have to bother them a second time with photography. Um, so you've got to use your own judgment there in terms of is this a client who I think is going to buy all the styling items or is it not a client who's going to buy all the styling items? I've also coached people who have clients who they know absolutely can't afford to do the styling and they're just devastated. And I should say I've had coaching clients, business of design people who uh, work with me. Uh, they know their clients, their interior design clients, are not going to be able to purchase all the styling items, but they desperately want photographs of that project. So then I have to say, well, you know, if you're making, if you're charging enough money on projects, you should easily be able to pay for whatever it costs to deliver the styling items to the job site and return the styling uh, 
objects, items, after the reveal. You absorb those costs because the client doesn't want any of it. The um, Twice now it's happened that the client has, in fact, ended up buying quite a few things because once they see it completely done, it's very hard to then pack things up. I even had the experience once where the client uh, just did not want to spend more, more money. It was early on in the 15 steps, so we packed everything up and we took it away, and it was very sad. And then she called us back a couple weeks later and said, I'd like to get some of the stuff back. So so that can happen too. Um, so it might be worthwhile on a project, even that you think the client's not going to be able to afford a lot of styling, to go ahead and photograph it for your website. We're at the point now where we photograph you know, one in 10 projects because I just, so much of my business is repeat and word of mouth that I have not been as diligent about getting photographs for the website. In fact, Cheryl, Cheryl is working with uh, Bruce and Lyndon. Uh, you guys might know Bruce felt from the podcast to revamp KSDG and I promised to do better, Cheryl. She's like, seriously, this has got to change. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so that's kind of step 11. Uh, following step 11, there's still four more steps, right? We're not done. There's still four more steps. So you do want to make sure that the client's aware that it's not over until it's over. And then in terms of the actual physical uh, step 11 moment, just be aware that people have very different reactions. I have literally had people jump up and down. I had one client jump up and down and leap into my arms and practically killed me. Um, And I love her to death and it was super fun but frightening. I've had clients who have uh, cried, like literally cried tears and they're so happy they can't believe it. And I think that would be my reaction if it was my house and I came home and it was all done. I think that would be, it's just overwhelming. I've had clients who have walked through and been very polite. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Nice to see you. Bye, gals. And we've left there going, what? Do they even like it? I can't tell. And then two days later, we hear from them that they were just completely overwhelmed and blown away, and they were so happy. So that was their overwhelmed, blown away, happy face. Uh, and that's cool. I've even had clients who, the girl, the, the image of the woman on the left, she's kind of grateful. I had one client who was very, um, she was super uh, zen and spiritual, and she just did the whole walkthrough going, oh, I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed blessed. And, um, you know, that was how she reacted to the experience. So be open to the fact that people have a lot of different reactions to step 11. There isn't one right way to do it. If they don't go crazy and jump up and down, it doesn't mean they don't love it. But if for any reason they don't love it, you do want to find out what went wrong for them, of course, like you do with anything else. So that's the big uh, moment itself. And then following step 11, of course, we've got all these other uh, things that have to happen. You're going to return any of the items uh, that the client decides they don't want to keep. You're going to make sure you've got a review of all the deficiencies, uh, that you have to settle up the invoices. You have to uh, then give the clients a thank you gift. I mentioned the two bottles of champagne, which we do the day of step 11, but now we tend to do our bigger gift at step 15. Uh, And it typically will be something the client was sort of thinking of getting but didn't quite get or thought was a little too expensive. Like once in a while there's a styling item that they say, you know, I guess we don't really need a cashmere throw in the family room, so 
let's don't keep that. And if I could got a sense that they really wish that they would have kept it, then we might give them that as a gift. Um, so that happens after the reveal as well. And then finally, all the marketing that's going to happen. You're want to going to you. We would like to be able to use that client as a testimonial if we need it. Um, I think I mentioned this on a previous. I might have mentioned it in a podcast. There was a, a wonderful designer, Jillian Gillis, who is with Design Docs, and Jillian said that she on her website. When you go to her website, you'll see that her testimonials include a photograph of the client. So the message to on looking potential clients is these are real testimonies, testimonials by real people. We didn't make up fake testimonials from Jane C who says we're the best ever. Um, and, and we had been doing that for quite a few years at Business of Design as well. You'll see that we've got 100 testimonials on the site and everyone is a photograph and what they said and the person's name so you can see that it's a real thing. So lots of marketing opportunity at the end of a project as well. Um, I want to ask a question of you guys now uh, in terms of the homework that was assigned to go out in the world and find yourself a designer buddy if you don't have staff or contract help. Find yourself a designer person who can assist you at step three and then again at step uh, 10 and step 11. I'm just wondering, can we ask if anybody tackled that assignment? Cheryl, do you think anyone's going to step up and say they did? Or did you think about doing it? You forgot? Uh, no one's weighing in yet. <laughs> um, but while, think, while we're waiting, I, know what that I, means. I will say, because I do get um, questions from some of our members um, about having... Oh, Debbie's saying that she has staff. So okay. that, that's her team. So good. You're um, done. You're good to go. I, I get questions um, about finding designers in their area and as well how you mentioned doing um, photography for um, for your website and that sort of thing, you know, just designers looking for recommendations. But we have such a helpful community. We don't always have the answer because we don't necessarily work in the same areas as you do, but we have members all over. Use our Facebook page, post your questions, even if they're not for us, if they're for other designers. Um, post it to the Facebook page. Say the area that you're living. I'm looking for a couple of designers to team up with on a huge project. Or yeah. does anybody in this area have a photographer that they would recommend or certain traits? Use that. Yeah. Um, because we get comments on there. We get feedback. Um, and, and they will. Um, you will find help in your area. We might not have you know, uh, references in, in those specific areas, and we can't always answer those questions. But if you post it to the Business of Design Facebook page, hopefully a designer in your area will. Yeah. Um, and our and database is... Okay, so no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, Arlene just posted that she found... Um, she just found someone that is a fellow designer, and they clicked, um, but they haven't asked her yet as far as... Um, I, I assume as far as teaming up to, to do to do a project. Yeah, the thing is for both step um, three and step 10, 11, I think, I, I was going to say, you, they maybe don't have to be an interior designer. Um, 
where it's important at step three is somebody who can take measurements for you because you're going to be busy with all the trades. But at step 10 and 11, what you need is somebody who's a hard worker, who's smart and has common sense. They open a box. uh, They make sure the popcorn doesn't go all over the place. They take the item out of the box. uh, They put the packaging in the fulfillment room or give it to the movers to put back on the truck. It's somebody that you can kind of train to be super, super helpful. Um, And um, the more help, almost the better on step 10, step 11, because you you may have forgotten to get some uh, felt tips to go underneath the chairs. So if you've got an extra set of hands that you can send to the hardware store to buy these felt tips and come back and say, now I want you to put them under every single chair. We get our movers to do that, by the way. They'll put those little round felt tips underneath each of the chairs. Um, But we warn them in advance, of course, it's going to be an internal move. So yes, for step three, I think you need somebody who's a designer who can help you with the measuring. There are even companies which we've started using because they're faster than us who will come out and do the initial measuring and do the existing floor plans and elevations for you. So we used to do that ourselves, and now we found, wow, it's way more economical to hire one of these companies to do the first run at the house. That frees up our time to start focusing right away on the design side of things, and we get those drawings back, and then we do the updates to those drawings. So um, really consider... Uh, the value of finding somebody you can trust, and then you can return the favor, right? I mean, it's a really hard work. You, you can't do this alone, not very comfortably anyway. Um, there is a course for Step 11, the Checklist Series. Uh, we're adding to the Checklist Series in 2018. I think we've got up to Step 5. We might even have six, uh, but we'll be finishing off the 15 steps. And the checklist series are uh, my behind-the-scenes to-do list for every course. So at step 10, it's what's in my styling kit and how do we schedule the trades and what's the order people show up in. It's all those things to help me remember the important things I need to do when I'm on the job site. Um, So that's coming up soon. If there's a course that you need, We're getting a lot of requests for the operations manual, and um, Cheryl has taken control of my to-do list and put that at the top of my to-do list because I've been avoiding it for years. The operations manual is just so big, Cheryl. I just, oh my God. And it's it's liquid. It's just constantly changing. And as every project, something gets changed, so it never really feels like something that can be done. But we want to get something to give you guys a starting point because then you're going to change it to, to work with what you're doing as you as you guys do projects as well. So it's it's on the list. It's at the top of the list. Oh, my gosh. Cheryl, I'm exhausted. Look at this face, Cheryl. Uh, yeah, another, face. Um, another big request for courses um, is dealing with commercial projects. Yes. We haven't touched so much on that. We've had a lot of requests for commercial projects. Yeah. So in order for me to add that to Kimberly's list, send me your questions. Okay. Um, specific areas of doing commercial work that you guys want to know about, send us your questions on that. Okay. Yeah, it's that, so funny. I had a I had a coaching I had a one hour coaching call this week uh, that was on that specific question. She had the opportunity to do uh, lobbies and hallways in a couple of condominiums, and they asked her to do the tendering. And so she called me. She set up a one hour phone call and said, "What's tendering?" So we went through the whole process, and I shared my contract and the language for temp- tendering, and she's ready to go. So I thought we that's a really good course right there. Yeah, there's all, all kinds 
tons of courses we can add on commercial, which we haven't done. But now that we've got flat fees done, we've got some uh, bandwidth. Debbie's saying that she would love a course on how to run uh, teams, that she's got two designers who uh, work with her, um, but she feels kind of limited as to what they can handle. So just wondering how to expand that and um, how your operation runs as far as having staff and how you manage that. So okay. I can certainly add that to our list um, for a course. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's something yes. you want to touch on. Yes. And you know what? Some immediate no, we can also add to that. Uh, another part of that would be hiring. People are always asking about hiring. Yes. And Debbie, the short answer to your question is you have to have systems in place so your team can run those systems. And I always go back to the example of McDonald's. Uh, this is a billion-dollar company, and teenagers make them their money. And they're able to do that because they have a guide to making the McDonald's hamburger, and the teenagers just have to read that guide and follow the simple directions. And every single time they produce this hamburger that tastes like the last 29 billion hamburgers the company made. Uh, and, and, and as oversimplified as that is, that's true for us too. We want to have those systems in place so that when somebody is able to be helpful like a staff person, they know exactly what's required, they know exactly what's expected, and they can make us happy. Because the thing that I heard over and over again for years and years and years from staff who quit was, I really like you, but I just don't know how to make you happy. Um, the target moved all the time. What was success? I hadn't clearly defined it, uh, and I hadn't broken it down. And to say success is a happy client at the end of the project is way too vague a goal when you're at the very beginning at steps one and two. Um, so really, it comes down to the various systems. But thank you for the question, and I would love to sit down and do some more writing on that and see what we can come up with in terms of a course. That's a really good one. There's a lot of questions about hiring and stuff for sure and operations manuals the next one yeah, um, yeah. Tina's saying that she'd love some insight about partnership agreements when working with another designer so not necessarily staff but mm. if you are teaming up with um, somebody else any um, advice around what that partnership agreement should look like are you, do you mean uh, the idea that you'd have an assistant come with you for step 10 and 11 uh, which is kind of a small agreement or do you mean the idea that you join forces on a project and work together on a project I wonder if there's some clarity around uh, that she yeah, she hasn't provided um, any specifics. We'll see. Uh, okay. Join forces. She just chimed in. Okay. Join forces. So team, teaming up for a full project. Teaming up for a full, full project. So there's a couple ways you can do that. Again, like I would like to give some thought to that. Uh, there's a couple of ways that you can do that. I'm working right now with another designer on a project. She's an interior designer, and she does great work, but she also does beautiful landscaping. So the way that I'm partnering with her is she's handling everything outdoors, but all of her job is running through my company. So I am just hiring her as a contractor. Uh, so our partnership agreement is very limited. I can fire her tomorrow if I want to. Uh, I pay her X number of dollars. I run her costs through my company and give them back to the customer with my overhead on them. And ultimately, that makes me responsible for what she's doing. But she's somebody that I've known a long time and, and somebody that I trust. And I do think it's important if you're thinking of 
partnering on jobs to be really clear about who's the whose client is it? Is it is it a, if you brought the client to the job, is it your client? In which case, that person is going to work for your company. Uh, and I do have other contract people who work for me. And one of the things that comes up a lot is, should their email address be? Um, uh, Diana at, at gmail.com or should it be Diana at KimberlySeldon.com? So when they're working on my projects, I ask that they use an email address that's as- affiliated with my company so that all of those emails stay in one place. And actually, my company can actually access those emails if we needed to. Um, so that's part of it. Does that help a little bit? Yeah, she's just saying on a large project or even working together permanently. But I think that, um, yes, thank you. Okay, you covered it. Working together, part, I always wanted a partner. I really always did, and it just never worked out for me. And uh, at the end of the day, you all know that I think of my contract now as my partner. I really do. I look at that contract and I say, here's how we're going to do it. And there's not very much room for deviation there. Um, the other thing that's sort of related is we are looking to add some coaching calls to the podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast, thank you. We love it. I've been considering coaching, uh, but just haven't pulled the trigger yet, and you're willing to have your coaching call not be anonymous, uh, we'll hear your voice. You could change your name. We don't care. Uh, We would be willing to do one hour of coaching for free in exchange for us being able to use it as a podcast. I think sometimes some of the best stuff happens when somebody just has a simple question like, what is tendering? I've never thought to even discuss something like that. And yet I remember very clearly the first time I heard it and had the thought, what is tendering? I don't know. And I don't want to look stupid. Um, so sometimes those coaching calls ask the very best questions that everybody wants to know. So that's another thought. If you would like some live coaching, you're willing to be on the podcast, we'll give you the one hour coaching for free, uh, in exchange for doing that and let Cheryl know about that. Thank you so much for joining in. I know you're busy. Um, Go out there and make lots of money and have fun. (laughs) Thank you for being here. At Business of Design, we know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.